Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following is an episode of the Ace of Geeks podcast. The following episode contains spoilers for episode one of Moon Knight, the movie Seeing Red, Frozen 2, and the book series The Lunar Chronicles. We also talk about Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, magic rituals both cool and uncool, John Wang's psychology TikTok takes on Encanto and Seeing Red, and what tragically common traumatic psychological phenomenon Pixar should make a movie about next. As we welcome you, friends, once more into the big warm hug of geekdom, we overhear Jerris, completely out of nowhere, express an opinion some may find very relatable. Because people want to fuck monsters. Oh no, we're recording! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I could not have timed that better if I tried. Well, that's making it into the edit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Pokemon Smasher Pass, why? Please, please send us emails and explain to us in gratuitous detail. Maybe not. Stephanie, we're talking to you. And you knew that already. (laughs) Listen, some of the Pokemon are just straight up people in costumes. I... I think people are recognizing that. Um, what know. about that one guy whose tongue is his scarf? I think that makes him a very popular one. Uh, Big tongues are popular. Honest, well, you'd, you say that, but most people pass on Lickitung, which is the original. My oh, tongue just, is 80% of my body. Yeah, uh, yeah. One. Yeah. yeah, well, because that tongue doesn't seem dexterous. I Whereas guess the guy true. who can like make it a scarf that's like always fluttering in the wind, like what is he his knows name? what's happening. Uh, I it's think that's Vicario, Greninja. The other one, Greninja. There yeah, yeah. I I don't think it's a um, contentious uh, question whether or not Diglett is just three very strong mask bodies all giving each other cuddles under the dirt. Doug Trio, yeah, <laughs> Doug yeah. Trio. That's the one. Not uh, you were close. Are they related? Are they evolutions? Of one Diglett another? evolves into Dugtrio. Oh, okay. One he super muscly friends. head sticking out of the ground evolves yeah. into three cuddling super muscly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. See, that's just the evolution of the the um, dismantling of toxic masculinity. Right. right? Eventually, you know, like... strong kings hug it out. Well, yes, yeah. but they do it underground where no one can see them and judge them. For but their hey, love. it's step one, okay? Step, step one. one is that they're accepting the hug. Yes. That's true. Speaking of accepting the hug. Long show intros are a thing we do now. Excellent. I guess. I, guess, yeah, I yeah. actually really like them. Um, <laughs> Me too. 
I, Who cares what we used to we used think. to make we used to make our entire podcast uh, an intro. Yes, that's true. Time. We also didn't used to edit it. We just put it out as is. Well, you know why? Uh, because I used to edit it when we first started doing it. I mm-hmm. edited it religiously, uh, and then we were at Borders one day, and Aaron was like, "You know, your podcast would be so much better if you edited it." And I was like, "Well, never doing it again now." You know. Honestly, I totally get that. All things are possible through spite. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so anyway. Uh, Speaking of that, Bridgerton season two. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Does it need editing or is... No. no, all things are possible out of spite. Oh. Um, basically, basically, Bridgerton season two is their version of Taming of the Shrew. I mean... But like, not <gasps> shitty. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she she maintains her fire, which I've seen happen little, in certain productions of Taming of the Shrew. But yeah, it's a not bit more like in the script. as you like it. Then no, Maybe. what well, you do about nothing? Yeah, yeah. Actually, much do about nothing is pretty close. And I mean, yeah. actually, they do do the whole like. But I received a letter that you uh, wrote or something yeah. like that, and it was like the. The um, oh. sister, but yeah, Bridgerton season two uh, is out on Netflix, and um, probably the majority of the people who care about Bridgerton have already binged the entire season. We, um, we were going to take our time with it. We we it only spent two days. two days. Yeah. So, um, are you all done? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we finished. That's the thing Quite. about Bridgerton. When you when you tr- sit down to consume a show so full of snacks, they just kind <laughs> of, you know. It really yeah. is yeah. kind of mind-boggling how they manage to make everyone in that show as attractive as they do. Like, not make. Obviously, they find attractive people. <laughs> no, but, no, no, no. They're all cloned. <laughs> but, I mean, I would believe it. I would believe that there was a British, like, cloning factory to only produce beautiful people with excellent cheekbones for Bridgerton. Well, I mean, if you, if you look at Star Wars, it's like all the female characters are clones of each other. Like... They are all brown-eyed, brown-haired girls. White girls. Yeah. Until recently. There's a certain look that uh, they go for. But Bridgerton is glitzier than ever. And um, I I would say not quite as physically sexy, but mentally sexy. Ooh, I'm into that. Definitely still sexy, but not as, like... (laughs) season one uh yeah season one th- there was a lot going on so there's a little bit of like a honeymoon middle age aspect where things mature into no more... no no it is just pure unbridled like they can't act on their desires and then when they finally do oh. <laughs> it's great it's great it's great it's great ooh reminds me a lot of starcross my parents my parents finished the season recently too and they oh, said wow. yeah i really thought that um that scene was really tasteful and i was like it was well i mean it was it was very tasteful but it was also like we are on episode 7 of 8 
when get are you on two going to get it on? <laughs> so, like, we're all waiting for this to happen. Let's let's go. Um, but yes, no, highly recommend. Super fun. Um, don't go to it for historical costuming. Um, oh, sure. All of my no. all of my historical costume YouTubers that I follow are like. They are not accurate, but damn, are they gorgeous costumes? Yes. So, do they also yeah. insert modern music? Yes, uh, they yeah, do. they do the vitamin string covers of things, nice. and yeah, nice. it, it's perfect. Um, it, it works really, really well. Uh, but yeah, I really love so. that in uh, Westworld. I still so super haven't fun. seen that. Yeah, Westworld we season saw... worlds incredible. Yeah, we we only saw season we never one, season two. and it was just like, well, so good. Season and then... two is not like season one. Oh, oh, okay, that's too bad. It yeah, it I I think it's still technically good, but then I'd have to think about how it ended, and I'm like, no, that's some bullshit. Is it <laughs> Why still, would they do that? Is it still timey wimey? Yes, but it it. It's not to the extent, nor is it as profoundly a part of the story as it okay. was in the first one. See, I think like Westworld and The Witcher kind of made it hard for themselves by doing a really exceptional the... <laughs> storytelling yeah. with time. Yeah. And that like second season, it's like, well, you can't do Witcher the exact se- same thing. No. Which you have season to kind of do something really else. Really linear. Mm-hmm. It's but super- that's okay. Well, it worked really well. Yeah. Yeah. It worked really well because I am so happy that we got an entire season, tr- which was a trailer for season three of My Happy Family. Ooh, yeah. Yay. Yes. What happy Magic quote. Family is coming. Yes. No one can tell us different. And I mean, of course, there's going to be a little bit of angst, but mm, it makes it spicy. So I don't know the story, so I'm not quite sure where they're going to take it. Um, I don't either. We just assume that Gerald and Yennefer and uh, Siri are going to uh, live happily ever after in the mountains now from now on. That's what how that works, right? I like yeah. how you uh, said Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald of Rivia. Hey, hey, and Jim. Uh, uh, Best, um, our hearts go out to the family of the creator of the GIF, uh, who preferred it to be pronounced that way instead of the historically accurate YIF. Yeah. YIF? <laughs> okay. <That's... laughs> it's not original... graphics interchange format. <laughs> That's not how language goes. Today on the Ace of Geeks podcast, we'll cover all the internet arguments you've already heard already. It's a hot dog, a sandwich. Coming up next, is Last Jedi a good movie? Yes, it is. Argument over. (laughs) Okay, before we go on to anything too much, I do want to check in about Turning Red, because Mike and Mailing have now seen it. Yes. And I think we owe our audience um, a more full conversation. What did you two think? I loved it. I really liked it. And as a Uh, white man, now I'm going to sit in the corner. (laughs) No, you can be part of this conversation because you are basically, you can relate, I think, to the dad in Turning Red (laughs) of, you know, like uh, having to be around all of those 
really Asian women. Um, and deeply loving your family and caring for them. And sometimes they're doing yes. stuff and they don't include you. And it's like, mm. yeah. yeah. Um, but no, like I really, I really did enjoy it. And I had expected it to be like a little bit more kind of like, <laughs> you know, like, Oh my God, it's my life. But honestly, like I expected May's mom um, to be worse than she wow. was. Wow. Oh, she was intense. Worse. <laughs> wow. She, she was. Oh, my child. Okay. So, to be fair, to be oh fair, my child. May's mom is a tiger mom. She is not a tiger mom with her tail on fire, which is some people's actual moms. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, the stuff that she did was absolutely horrible. And. But I was able to accept it as a caricature mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. things or like dreams that potentially my mom has had, but she had my dad to be like, you will not do this to our <laughs> child. Whereas like May's mom does not have anyone to be like, no, bad mom. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, technically the husband is there for that, but yeah. Oh, I, I, come I, on. <laughs> To a certain extent, in his defense, she is very big and very mad. Yeah, well, and also he's <laughs> seen her panda form. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, I, um, the- I, I will say, uh, just to get this out of the way before we talk about some things of subs- the ants all henching scene oh my was God, the best so thing cool. I've ever That's seen. That's literally something that... <laughs> Rowan said almost word for word in the last yeah, one. Yeah, the, the, every every single one of them doing a henshin pose. The the auntie who scares me the most is the one who crushed her ring by punching her palm. <laughs> she one inch punches it, and this this ring explodes, and she becomes a panda. It's like, how strong are you? Panda strong. Um, my my gripe with it a little bit was that they kind of made it out like separating you from your panda form is so like hard and awful and blah blah blah. They hench in to save their family, and then they just easily navigate the bamboo forest and they're like peace you know and i'm like wait a second if it's really if it's really so easy or like if there's proper motivation Mm -hmm. to do it like what's the problem you know and again i i get it that it's like the whole it's it's the whole like um metaphor for separating yourself from the expectations of your family or expectations of a role or taking on the duty of the family or whatever and stuff like that. It was just, there was a bit of like build up to this and to Mm kind of like confronting, like, no, I like who I am. I want to, I accept this whole part of me and it, it just felt like a little and movie over, you know. Yeah, so, well, I think what abrupt. they were trying to show was that the people who were 
more in tune with their own emotions and their own, you know, selves were more easily able to choose one way or another, whereas the mom had to go through a lot to get through the other side. Yeah, I also wonder if there was an aspect of it where the position of the movie is kind of agrees with me that the panda is not so bad. Yeah. And so there might be an intensified sense of, um, anticipation, desire to not become this thing that actually isn't so bad if you work on it and they were forced to confront that ease. Yeah. But also still not able to give up the shame and needing to walk away. So there's this amazing, um, I don't know if he's a psychologist, but he talks about psychology a lot and he's like a coach and he's Asian and he mm-hmm. talks a lot about until you inter- said Asian. I was about to be like, yeah, I know Rowan. <laughs> um, I can't call myself a psychologist. I don't have a doctoral degree. <laughs> That's what I mean. You don't know if he's a psychologist, but he talks about psychology a lot. Yeah, I know Rowan. Yeah, um, okay, fair. <laughs> but uh, this guy, I, I am blanking on his name. I will put it in the show notes. But um, his specialty, I guess, is talking about the intergenerational trauma in movies like Encanto. And then when Turning Red came out, he was like, sit down, fam. Let me explain kind of some of the backstory of like what's happening. And what it is, is a lot of Asian families have this weird dichotomy where you want your child to be their best self. Because them being their best self brings honor to the family, brings money, brings health, brings prestige. However, if them being their best and truest self is something different than what you think they need or it takes them away from the family, it's not okay. And so, like, May placing her friends above her family is one of the, like, biggest insults that you can do to like your Asian mother, essentially. It's very much like the guilt of your family should be your number one priority. Sure. Yeah. Even though they're trying to shove you into a box that fits them. And so it's it's, them and not you. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So turning red did that really, really well and kind of showed that struggle that a lot of us have, especially, especially second to third generation um, immigrants, because your family came to this country to make a better life for you. And so it is up to you to respect them because they are making everything for you. They have sacrificed everything for you so you will do whatever they say does that make sense yeah yeah so there's just I like mean, no there's but just like the, a lot the, the thought process i understand yeah yeah Ob- obligation is a big part of a lot of asian right. cultures familial obligation yeah so and that's why like whenever they were just like oh you're you thought of us and that kept the panda at bay. And she's like, yeah, (laughs) you know, Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's because that's what they expect. And also like, um, so this, this psychologist on TikTok has a lot of incredible videos about 
just kind of what's going on with the mom, what's going on with May, like all these different uh, meanings. And I will definitely link his TikTok account onto this show note because like, I highly recommend watching his videos. They are incredible. And like his ones on Encanto as well, like going through the different types of um, basically Jungian archetypes that each of the characters are and oh, like what type of child they are. And so, like that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, I saw that. Fantastic. It's so, so good. And like, he just, he explains things very, very well. And like a lot of times I'll, I'll be like watching his videos going, yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. So what I'm feeling <laughs> is normal. Okay. Ooh, all right. You know, and it's just, it's really helpful. And like, I think that Good. was turning red felt validating. Like, okay, my desires, my feelings are valid. Mm-hmm. And also like my mom's reactions or May's mom's reactions are valid, but not correct. And it's okay to be like, no, that's not okay. And May basically shaking her butt at her mom, being like, does this make you uncomfortable? I was like, that's fucking hilarious. (laughs) I could just imagine like my mom's face if I tried to do that to her. She would be like, no. Um, so, but yeah, just I, so I yeah, really enjoyed that scene. Just mate working yeah. at her mom, oh, and her mom being like, yeah. <laughs> I was like apparently that uh, that band, by the way, from that scene, uh, their first that fake band, their first single dude debuted on the Billboard charts at like number eleven or something like that. Whoa, was it from the movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to ask what how people thought of the pop music. I mean, it I mean, felt it was, it was very it was, BTS yeah. to me. It, so. it, yeah, for sure. For sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah. As somebody whose mother has been consumed by BTS <laughs> fandom, yes, very BTS. <laughs> it is so hilarious how much your mom posts about BTS. I don't know why that surprises me because I know your mom, but it does. It like it just still surprises me. There's part of my brain that's be like, mom can no like BTS. Even though it's your mother, and I've met her, and I know that she can. Mom can definitely like BTS. She just really loves her sweet, innocent Korean boys. Yeah. Out there doing their best every day. And I did, I did love that too, that the aunties start singing, and then they come in, and so it's like this really cool, like, fusion, and... Fuck yeah, how about that ritual? How about that chaos That ritual was great. Yeah. Oh, and the shaman mm-hmm. head canon accepted that him and Poe's dad, because they are played by the same actor, actor. are actually related in yes. some sort of like cosmic it's an alternate, reality. It's an alternate universe, metaverse variant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was so great. He was like, oh, yeah. "Well, I listen to, I do Metallica, but you know, your grandma's a little more traditional." <laughs> <sighs> and also just the just the uh what's his name robert in the uh boy band <laughs> yeah weeping openly as they do that last bit of the ritual and i'm like that boy is getting recruited into an organization after this <laughs> <laughs> i really love how like you go and you go and see this band by seeking out on your family 
and your mom attacks as a giant panda. Panic. You saved the boy band's lives and now are famous for having done so. Calm? No. No. No, 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 not at all. No, no, no problems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, like... Listen, she's a superhero now. That's my headcanon. Yeah. When yeah. evil strikes the city of Toronto, the red panda strikes back. Yeah. To commit even more property damage. Huzzah! It's the Canadian yeah. way, question mark? <laughs> they just do it real nicely. Ah, uh, sorry there, uh, bud. Kind of yeah. dropped your sign on your car there. Hey, you know, this is a no parking zone. So, like, you might want to move along. Do you need me to move your car for you? Okay, right over here. Um, <laughs> I think we may have gone a little bit too far south too, to be doing too Canadian. Minnesota, too Minnesota. Yes, too far ago. Yeah. I think I think Rowan went full Scottish or Irish there. <laughs> Almost. Yeah, very Something close. Something or another. But, <sighs> but no, um, I, I liked turning red. Um, it definitely was kind of a, I feel seen. Um, and, uh, yeah, like really, really good. Um, I, I kind of wish there was more music in it because then Mm. I think the fusion would enjoy it more. Right. Yeah. But definitely like when she's older, absolutely. I'm very excited for when she starts enjoying movies for the plot. Should we start discussing Moon Knight while Meeling's taking <laughs> the bathroom? Uh, we could. Um, do you want to? I don't know. It sound, you sound both sounded reluctant when I brought up the idea, so never mind. We can just shoot the shit. Well, reluctance is not a disqualifier. Yes, it uh, is. If people don't automatically love every idea I've had completely, then it's the idea is dead and should never be spoken again. Pixar, you have your next movie concept. (laughs) A lack of enthusiasm. No, no, it's specifically rejection-sensitive dysphoria. Yeah, they should make a movie about that. Yeah. So we can all all feel seen and also very depressed. Well, (laughs) ideally, there will be catharsis. So the depression will be in the middle, but then it'll get resolved and we'll have hope at the end. (laughs) Ideally. Ideally. I don't know. Pixar has yet to create a tragedy, right? Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how it would handle it if they did. It's like, hey, you know how we just kind of subtly poke you in the heart a few times a movie to get you to cry and have feel feelings? What if we did that with a spear for the entire (laughs) movie? And it didn't remember, get better. Remember that bit in Inside Out where a girl was forced to kill her imaginary best friend in order to survive? What if a whole movie was that? <laughs> We've just walked into the WB's darker and edgier reboot section. I don't know. <laughs> Zack Snyder, how did you get in here? <laughs> if Socrates this summer, was... conceal. Don't feel. Don't feel. <laughs> Every time we watch Frozen uh, with the fusion, I have to spend a lot of time being like, and this is not how you should react to things, or not, and definitely not what they should have been teaching her, Garnet. Because seal don't feel is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. It doesn't her parents work. were very wrong. Don't and you know that it. they're wrong, because they immediately left and died in a horrible storm. Don't follow their example. <laughs> and then they made a sequel just to turn her dad heel. <laughs> 
and realize your dad was the bad guy in the second one. I'm kind of not behind. really. They just do a lot of they 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 go into the um, uh, previously unspoken uh, uh, imperialist backstory of Arendelle. Mm-hmm. Oh, that you know, I gotta say that makes a lot of sense considering the ori- origin of the country. Mhm. Mhm. It's a good mm-hmm. movie and there's a lot of there's a lot of fun songs in it. I I still really like Kristoff's uh 80s oh, Lost of the Woods. Glamour, 80s glamour single, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh it was so good. <laughs> How do you toast rice? Uh, you don't use a toaster and you do use an oven and you take your time and go low and slow okay toasted rice I have to try that did Jairus get really quiet for you Rowan or is it just me Uh, it may just be you I can still hear both of you okay okay I will turn vampire survivors down a little more okay (laughs) vampire survivors what's that it's like uh, three dollars. You asked. <laughs> you you it, Yeah, it's a. It, Rowan introduced me to it, so he should actually get the chance to do this. But it is a uh, a three dollar game on Steam. Uh, you wander around a map, uh, killing enemies through no control of your own. All of your weapons fire off automatically, and you know in random directions depending on what weapon you have. Uh, some of them are homing, some of them are not, and you have to survive for as long as possible uh, as you slowly level up from killing enemies and eventually upgrade all the way to friggin' godhood. Like oh, once you you're, once you reach the God. most powerful, well, no, but once you reach the most powerful in this game, like. It's it suddenly becomes a uh, a full on power simulator. Just like you are unstoppable, nothing could ever kill you. Pew pew, mega daka machine. Yes, yeah. Basically, it is a Castlevania inspired semi bullet hell, uh, where you're the hell eventually. Yes, yes. <laughs> the enemies are the hell for you. You are the bullet hell for the enemies. <laughs> that makes sense. But yeah, it's it has a lot of replayability. It's a roguelite, so as you play, you unlock more and more characters and weapons and uh upgrades and all kinds of stuff and it's and ba- it's only sorry go ahead oh no go for it and it's only three dollars so yeah, it has definitely so totally way more than money. yeah way more than three dollars worth of replay value and babe didn't you unlock a mode where you were basically unkillable uh not in unlock the mode i had leveled up one character in a certain level into just like so powerful like nothing could touch me, nothing could come near me. Anything within three kilometers of me instantly died. It's hard to get there on a run, but it's it's pretty great. And yeah. it's still even then, it still gets a little hairy because they're like, "Oh, you're unkillable. Well, you still have to survive for thirty minutes." So here's every enemy in the game. Yep. And then you hit the thirty minute mark, and death shows up. And if you don't have the temporary invulnerability item and the weapon that freezes time on an enemy that it hits. Death just comes out and kills you. Yeah. But if you have both of those and you're really on top of your game, you can kill death. Ah, what strange <laughs> What happens hands. when you kill death? Uh, you unlock him as a playable character. Oh, so you are supposed to be able to do that. Yeah, it happens eventually, but like it's it's really hard. Basically, the red death is super, super fast and they start with the death, the death spiral weapon, which is the Ooh. evolved axe. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, Vampire Survivors. Ooh. Very cool. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. 
Uh, and don't worry about the fact that the game seems like it was designed uh, by a very bored programmer in 1998 when you look at the graphics. It's, it's very good. It's, it's classic. It's a purposeful aesthetic. Don't worry about yes. it. <laughs> Uh, speaking yes, about the purposeful five aesthetic oh yeah okay <laughs> um yeah moon knight was interesting I, I really loved it i loved the conceit of we're going to tell a superhero story but because of and uh, you know as we said before the podcast i have no idea if this is in any way an accurate depiction of dissociative identity disorder i suspect it isn't uh in any way but the conceit of there's a superhero story going on, but we, the audience, and also the quote-unquote main character, have no idea it's happening, and are only seeing the fringes of it, uh, is a really cool conceit. I really like the stop-motion editing of some of Steven moving in and out of, um, or is it Stefan? Steven. It's Steven. Steven. With moving in and out of um, shots where he's obviously done something inexplicably incredible in between them to be yes. one of my favorite gimmicks in a fight that I've seen in a long time. I guess yeah, say. Uh, the fight the fight is no fight. No, you don't, you, see, I, the fight. You don't you, see the you fight. You wake up from the dream and he murdered everybody. Yeah, and I I just love the like driving you know down the Alps sort of thing in the mm-hmm. cupcake truck mm-hmm. and yes. that was just really well constructed and like I found it unsettling like yes. but it was supposed to be because here's this guy yeah. who is I mean he's got issues right yeah. and like he knows that his life sucks so, uh, yeah, like, it's supposed to be really unsettling because here's a guy who knows that something is happening to him, but he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. So instead of seeking professional help for some weird reason, he instead chains himself to his bed, places sand around his bed. Yeah, tapes so that he can see door. if he's stepped out. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I mean, I'm just kind of like... What? And then his best friend is a statue actor. Yeah, um, his best friend is somebody he found who couldn't just leave if he sat yeah. down and talked to him. Yeah. 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 And I mean, like, clearly this guy has a lot of things. I have a feeling we're going to find out that mom is no longer with us, but he doesn't oh, yeah. know that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, if mom I, even existed in the first place, I don't know how all of this works. W- yeah. One of the things I'm picking up so far is that um, Stephen's life sucks because he is someone else's safe house identity. Yeah. And he is only able to experience a small fraction of his life. And he doesn't know he is semi-artificial. And for that reason, I deeply love Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I really I, connect first, with that. <laughs> my first reaction in all of the trailers and watching the show was, man, Oscar Isaac is really doing a really terrible British accent. And then I realized that that's actually probably uh, on purpose because it's he can't not really. a real identity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and like the way it's shot and like everything is in shadows and out of the corner of your eye and mm-hmm. and like when the reflections aren't matching what's happening, like, oh, it was, 
it was really good, but also really terrifying to the point where I was like, I don't know if I want to watch this right before falling asleep. <laughs> um, but yeah, they do a good job of making it seem like there are outside scary things in Steven's life. But Steven is aware from the moment the show starts that there is something frightening within him and this journey he is on to come to terms with whoever that is and what their role is, is something like, I really like that as a character arc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where, where it goes. But like I said, I, it was done very well and very purposely to be very unsettling. Yeah. Um, That's but, true. And also like the cult leader, I, I kind of binged an entire uh, podcast about cult leaders and scam artists. Yeah, Melee has gotten so, in true crime podcasts. So, uh, I mean, oh, you've I, I become think, that customer. Let me yes. know when you start listening to Just Like, and then she went to a third location. And it was like, uh, oh, <laughs> it's even a second location, according to John Mulaney. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I, um, the one that I've listened to uh, is called The Opportunist, and it's mm. just about scam artists. It's not about murderers, um, but it's about, like, scam artists and kind of, like, cult leaders and stuff like that. But anyways, so the cult is, leader, I was kind of like... Soon, you're, soon uh, after this, you're trying to solve murders in apartments in New York. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, that's That's my goal, right? Only murders <laughs> in the building, though. Only. Um... Uh, I've heard good things. It's very very good. good. Highly recommend. But we're still talking about Moonlight. Moonlight. We should get off Moonlight. the topic. Yes. Um, but yeah, the cult leader. I did not recognize Ethan Hawke. The years have nope. not been kind. I thought but it was Kevin also... Bacon when he first showed up on screen. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. I was just like, well, I don't know. Whoa. I wonder how much of that is purposefully looking like the right. years have not been kind. Exactly. Exactly. Acting other things in this first episode is kind of incredible. Oh, no, absolutely. And well, the thing is, like, when Steven got to the town and everyone was just kind of, like, you know, walking around zombified, I was like, this is not a normal place. You've got to go. You need to go. You you, you need to leave. This is not a safe place. And then when yeah, you find out that it's, like, no his, honor here. his yeah. thing. And, uh, but, <coughs> excuse me. But, yeah, no. Um, he's a very scary bad guy because he's just a dude with a magic tattoo. That and can yeah, I'm really shoes. curious. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I was like, I'm really what? curious what the hell that's all about, too. Well, so I... they started off the show with a very clearly magical ritual. Yeah. 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 A magic I, I think that might be how he sanctifies himself, like he's like this eternal martyr of some kind, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You're you're the resident magic expert on this show, so <laughs> I well, the magic is cool, but I think I need to better understand it. It my assumption would be knowing only what I know in the first episode is that um, he has this identity of walking the path of my goddess is a path of pain, and so he does that. I think it's important that he drinks the water that comes from the glass that hurts him. I think they're symbolically the same action. He is somehow mm. nourished by nourished the pain. and hurt by the same thing. That yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, which I think comes into like the the scales 
as it were. Yeah. Um, but as Rome pointed out earlier, this is not accurate at all to what Egyptians did or believe. So I, I don't really know what it is they're going for. Yeah. Well, it is also, I mean, the nice thing about that is that while it's not accurate at all, it's also, you know, a white guy doing a cult based on Egyptian beliefs. So he probably would get it wrong. <laughs> at least that's accurate. I, it would yeah. be yeah. very that's funny if argument. Moon Knight is the real paladin of a goddess who's trying to get rid of her own cult. <laughs> to be like, um, excuse me, they're giving me really bad PR, so you need to, like, clean it up. Yeah, we'll see. Rowan, what did you think? Um, I've been waiting for the people who liked the show to say everything that they wanted to say first. Moon Knight's costume is cool. Okay, cool. I'm done. Go ahead. Cool. <laughs> okay. Uh... I had that fun experience for the first time of watching a Marvel show and finishing the episode and being like, I didn't enjoy any of that. Huh? Oh, um, no. Part of the problem, we did start with that interesting magical ritual, which I didn't know what was coming next. And then the glass went in the shoes and then he put on the shoes. So that's squick factor kind of informed the things that came after that. Uh, we're introduced to Steven who because this is we've been told that this is the main character we think is going to get interesting later but he's just kind of bland uh even the subtitles is like size mildly <laughs> everything he does is mild um and you know over time we see nobody respects him barely people pay attention to him at all uh and he just kind of takes it lying down He's at the mercy of his own life in a lot of ways. He's at the mercy of his own life. And then we find out not even just that he's at the mercy. He's a passenger in his own body. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There start being these interactions with this disembodied voice, which to me had that characteristic of what if Eddie Brock and Venom had no charisma? Um, (laughs) Yeah. And and Venom was just purely mean and rude with no context. Uh, so instead, he's just a lovable, mean and rude person. I don't know that he's lovable. Well, I mean, Venom. Venom. Is yeah, Venom. 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 Yeah, that's yes. what I mean. For sure. For sure. I got you the chickens like, for eating. I could never break up. What do you call Laverne Shirley? <laughs> yeah, something yeah. like that. <laughs> so fucking cute. Anyway, you were saying. Uh, yeah, continue. Uh, Sorry. So, all of that stuff. Um, I didn't. Ulti- at the end of the episode, I didn't really like any of the characters that had been introduced. I felt bad for Steven, but I don't know that I liked him. Um, mm. And also, there's the issue that, you know, the dramatic issue that is consistently relied upon to inform plot a lot of the time is people don't communicate. Yeah. If Mark and the disembodied voice had bothered to communicate what was going on with their roommate, none of this <laughs> would be happening. But Mark has been a shit roommate. He, yep. I rate him a solid two out of ten. He only gets two points of credit instead of zero because he did replace the goldfish he allowed yes. to die when he took two days to go somewhere else. Yeah. And, like, he tried. He tried to find a single fin goldfish. He tried. Yeah. But that was more to maintain his cover than because he was like, oh, yeah. my roommate needs a fish. 
I mean, I don't know that it, we don't know that for sure. It okay, may, he may actually fair. care about Steven. He's uh, just he showing didn't it seem poorly. to in the one scene where we've heard his voice. It didn't seem to be like Steven, you idiot. It seemed to be like, okay, Steven, we need to, you need to let me take control so I can save you. Yeah. But again, um, if they could have just like, I don't know, memento styled it or like have a yeah. book or something like that of like, yeah, if you and- find this here's what's going down yeah and to be clear mark did make a date with that tour guide and expected steven to keep it and then left town so that steven couldn't keep it yep so yeah that was really fucked up on mark well and then also like on mark's burner phone there's another woman layla so like mark's a bit of a player well yeah i could see it as mark being like Oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to have anything. Yeah. (laughs) I can see it as Mark being like, uh, you know, Steven's really lonely. Maybe I can get him some companionship for the times that he has the body. And then just being like, oh, I have to go save the world. Shit, I'm going to ruin the state I set up. Well, world's got to be saved. You know, that very superhero Spider-Man, like... Yeah. I want the people around me to be happy, but I can't because uh, this is they're so far they're setting up this interesting like Peter Parker is uh conflicted because being Spider-Man is like a full-time job and being Peter Parker makes it very difficult to be Spider-Man and for those things to not interact. How in this situation they're also not the same person and one of them only suspects the other exists. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and the the other one's actually making it difficult for yeah. for the deadbeat to to survive, you know, yeah. Yeah, because I... like he's gonna lose his job. I mean, he's barely holding on to that job as is, and it's because he's not showing up. Mm-hmm. And barely... I mean, you can tell that there's a physical toll on the body oh. as well. So it's not just like a rent-free environment. So, I mean, like, this dude is tired yeah. all the time. I and... think we're going to discover that Ma- Mark is a super macho guy, like what, like a typical, yeah. like, action movie kind of dude, mm-hmm. uh, and just isn't really thinking about the consequences of his actions. And I hope yeah. the show is about Mark, le- as much as it's probably going to be about Steven learning to be brave and, you know, uh, take control of his life, I hope it's also about... Um, you know, Mark learning to care about the other people who yeah, his roommates, as Rowan said, yeah. yeah, so eloquently. Yeah, I honestly, I my next question is really what causes them to switch, and why is it that Stephen can allow Mark in when it isn't Mark's time, but to me, is, that's a, ahead, yeah, sorry, well, thoughts. is Mark? letting steven in or is there a trigger that mark can endure that causes steven to come out in the alps so my interpretation of it and this is purely based on having read a book that was informed by the experiences of people with did and also mental health professionals aka the stormlight archives um Mark cannot just take over Stephen because Stephen is the original, for all intents and purposes, is either the original inhabitant of that body or Stephen was created because Mark cannot be in control all the time because that's too scary for Mark. Oh, interesting. Which is possibly true. 
It's the <laughs> effect. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got I it, also got it, got it. wonder if, like, Moon Knight's entire psychological system, as they're sometimes called, is a pretty well-rounded person, but the personalities can only aspect, uh, only access exclusive portions of that. And Steven then unfortunately gets saddled with a lot of negative and vulnerable personality traits. That means when Steven is Steven, uh, Steven is very socially vulnerable. Um, yeah. Jerris, how far have you got it in Stormlight Archives? Um, I, uh, I got You're a lot still on the first book, yeah? Book one, but the whole book is book one. I yes. am in part two. Okay. Part okay. Two yeah, of book one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We didn't mean okay, we didn't okay. mean book like oh I'm inside in part a book. three. Yeah, actually. But we meant yeah. we meant physical. We, we meant like physical. Like, oh book. yeah. You're still I'm in still the way of kings. You haven't because, reached words of radiance yet. Okay. Because no. what you were kind of talking about, and also what Rome was talking about, is something that a character in the Stormlight Archives goes through. And, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty intense. So, yeah. I mean, like, if they are going for that in Moon, Moon Knight, that's I think they be really are, because I think that's, yeah. you know, the popular idea of what DID is. Again, I have no idea. Um, and I think the first person to uh, uh, actually, like, write Moon Knight this way, that his multiple... Um, uh, his multiple secret identities were actually multiple identities, uh, was mm-hmm. Warren Ellis, who is not exactly known for being the most sensitive or researched writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, so, not researched, no. <laughs> so I don't know... Uh, I don't know where we're going to go with this. Yeah. It'd be interesting yeah. to find out. Yeah. Yeah, I... I, um, I was going to speak... I think Stephen came out in the Alps because Mark got the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, he literally yeah. fell out of a window and broke his jaw. Yeah, so, like, when he came to... So I think it is one of those, like... If Mark... Or if Stephen is kind of an offshoot of all of the traits that say, like, Mark doesn't necessarily want to manifest Yeah, the all ones he the suppresses time, in himself... You know, when he gets knocked unconscious, he reverts to his subconscious form or his like sub subconscious form, you know, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. And I think, I think building, form. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think building on that, once, um, once Mark was, uh, once Steven was out, st- that personality would then, and again, I, I'm just going to keep saying this. We don't know what DID is like, so if we're being right. horribly insensitive, please let us know. Uh, but um, once uh, Steven, the personality, was out, then it's harder to put that genie back in the bottle, so to speak. Like, mm-hmm. then that that personality would want more time in the light, despite you know it technically being Mark's turn or whatever. Yeah, it's like well, I don't and... know how I got here. I don't feel safe. I need to be present and aware and making choices. Yeah. I can't afford to not be. And it's only and... when he's like, "Oh god, I'm going to die. I'm going to die." that he, his eyes roll back in his head and then Yeah. Well, cuz then... it could it could be Mark, you know, trying to assert control, but it also could be literally getting scared to death. You know, oh, like where when he you gets just too revert, scared and the trauma. Yeah, 
yeah, you just revert to that reptilian brain. And so like, then your other process can come forward and, and take over, you know, but once you're no longer in that fight or flight zone, you're able to come out of that and you're like, what the fuck? I have a gun, you know, so. I have a gun yeah. and my hand is covered in blood. And then he throws the gun at the car. Which is so good. That was, was so a, good. I did enjoy that. That was. Yeah. yeah, that. Oh, my God. There were so many great cuts with that gimmick. Yeah. 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 So it'll be really interesting to see where it goes. I think it's definitely going to be a darker series. Oh, and definitely. a very unsettling series. Oh, but I think they're doing that on purpose. Yeah. And you purely, know. purely to sound off on my wife's arguments about it, because she was sitting next to me at the time, uh, the Egyptian stuff being represented by the cult leader in Moon Knight is not accurate. And for some reason, it bugged us, even though like inaccuracies and things like the mummy didn't bother us at all. Like <laughs> we love the mummy. We can't get into this yet. Well, maybe because the mummy. I, I correct me if I'm wrong. I don't believe Imhotep is an actual Egyptian no. figure. Um, also, I'm not sure if we've seen enough of the Egyptism um, of this narrative. Um, I think they're going to explain a lot more to us, hopefully soon. Yeah. yeah. And it's just a and, weird and corruption think, of the Amit stuff because it's like yeah. it's, those are Anubis's scales. Anubis weighs the heart and the feather in the presence yeah. of Osiris, okay. and Amit is only there to eat the heart if it's judged as unworthy, and that's it. That's her whole role in the process. She is not an adjudicator; she's just there to contribute her part. She's well, just there I to get a snack. Still, yeah. Okay. So I what if her snack still... also obliterates the spirit of a person? That's just what she's there for. She's there for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> oh my god, now I'm just imagining like, Mom, do you have a heart for me yet? Like, I'm getting really hungry. I have a I'm... party I need to go to. Like, can we... I'm waiting uh, so much. I need to feel full. Ah, uh, sweetie, there's a plague rolling through in a few days. There'll be plenty of hearts that are getting judged then. Just hold on. Can't you just tell Dad to accelerate the plague? Come on. That would be so you, great. You can't rush a good calamity. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, I, I, I like barely know the Egyptian gods, but I was like, I thought Anubis was the the yeah. judge or so. Honestly, I, I only about. know that because of a wildly um, weird um, episode of Sesame Street. It wasn't an episode; it was a movie, and I That's owned right. it. Oh my god! <laughs> I yeah. fucking love that episode. The yeah. very first night at the museum movie. <laughs> yeah, Anubis yeah. changes his mind because Big Bird says that's not fair. That's <laughs> bullshit, actually. <laughs> Says Man, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure would have been a very different movie if it was that easy. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, Big Bird has way more afterlife's metaphysical cred than Bill and Ted. Uh, okay, yeah, I, I, think, I think also the problem with certain... Um, certain titles in comic books is that they were originated in uh, 
another time where people weren't necessarily researching things and they were like, this sounds cool. And also, like, in our modern world, like, ancient Egypt just seems so mystical and different and, like, Mm -hmm. not a lot of people actually know what's going on with it so these sort like, of misconceptions are extremely yeah. common in um just entertainment in general i am uh both looking forward and not looking forward to see how the new if they ever publish it um snow crash uh tv show handles <laughs> enki that's gonna be very interesting my guess is it won't yeah Oh, that would be wild if that never comes up. I'm going to be very upset. Yeah. <laughs> well, because, like, what what I was going to say to finish my thought, like, Hollywood oh, can't even be bothered to, like, re- to get, like, different Asian people to consult mm-hmm. on um, their projects. They're not going to look for, like, an Egyptologist, you know? They're going to be like, Which is a shame because their main fucking character is in Egypt. I don't know. Sorry, that hits me in my same aggravation place as Iron Fist, as the actor for Iron Mm. Fist getting shorted on training time. Yes. Like, you're making a martial arts show. How could you possibly not focus all of your attention on getting the martial arts part right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Um, and, and like, honestly... There's even, like, people on YouTube and TikTok who probably could have, like, consulted and yeah. just been like, yeah, just give me a credit, whatever, you know, like. It's... Uh, we will see where they go uh, with people it. On, but... People on YouTube and TikTok, don't do that. Get paid for your work. Yes, please. Please do. Oh, certainly. Exposure kills. Don't work yeah. for it. <laughs> they just need a sixth grader with that big golden All About Egypt picture book that... <laughs> Like same publishers who made Wizardology and Ah uh, man, uh, I witness. I would kill to have a, a spunky, scrappy kid with an Egyptology book in this series in Moon Knight. That would just be so great. Oh, that would be very cute. And you know what's going to be I think annoying? Steven. I think Stephen is the spunky. I, I know it's supposed to be Stephen, but I don't like Stephen as much. It'd be, <laughs> it'd be better if there was a little kid to argue with Stephen, who is supposedly an expert about the Egypt stuff, and then you'd have a little bit of lone wolf and cub going on dynamically, and instead like, it's what? just the Mandalorian, but with more books. <laughs> Can I be honest with, with you? Books. I know we talked about this last time, but I really like Stephen because I like characters like Rincewind. Stephen is such a coward, and I really love. Yes. Him. That's true. Whereas, like, I cannot. <laughs> I cannot. The power but, of the cringe yeah. is too strong with him. A lot of uh, material today that deals with cringe. I'm just thinking of those live water droplet scenes from Turning Red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Uh, any last things we want to say on this before we move on to things we're doing this week? Uh... No. I really hope, just for the the sake of my henching soul, that the be- the beetle, which is obviously how he transforms into Moon Knight, is something that he has to actually like hold aloft and say a magic word to transform into Moon Knight. Oh, like Shazam! Yeah, <laughs> that would be very cool. Um, but like the the we'll raps see. just kind of 
I I like that transformation. I really can't wait to see more of it. That's yeah. So part of me as a costumer is a little like, God damn it. Cause like these, a, a lot of superhero costumes are very heavily CG'd. And so there's no way you're going to be able to like replicate them in Mm -hmm. life. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. he's, I'm never going to get the billow of his cape, (laughs) you know, but like, I thought it was hilarious in in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, how they spent so much CG and time getting uh, the sides of Sam's mask to stick to his face like they did in the comics. And then they debuted that character at Disneyland. And of course, there's no way to do that. So his mask is just flapping in the breeze all the time. Oh, that's funny. I mean, it was that or tape. I wonder why they don't just paint a latex mask. I don't know. Maybe that's because, like, too... if you just painted latex, it looks like fabric. It might be too uh, difficult for like the the not like difficult, but um, to I don't do, know. If like, it's the sort of thing day. you could pay for for you know cast members at a theme park, hmm. or like you do like a a latex like thing. You, you get sweaty. It gets Honestly, what I would I think do everything is I would bond in that it oh, for sure. with his goggles. I would make them and the goggles one material. Well, that's what they tried to do. The problem is, is that the fabric, in order to have enough structure to have the seam, it's not flexible. So if he's standing perfectly straight, it lays on his skin but the moment he flexes or moves his face it cannot move and flex the same way that his like skin does Mm -hmm. so you get those little pockets so like the only way you could get it without anything is to literally paint it on his face and Uh... even then the latex might crack or something like that so it's going to be a bit harder. I see. Yes. It will be the challenge of all cosplayers. <laughs> but they'll find a way. They always do. Yes. All right. Mike, what are you doing this week? I talked about it a little bit already. I've been playing a lot of Vampire Survivors. I'm also. Um... By the time you listen to this, I will already be at uh, Star Trek Mission Chicago in Chicago. Uh, it, so that'll be fun. Um, doing a bunch of stuff for work there. Uh, so um, if you're going to be at Mission Chicago, um, look me up. But again, by the time you hear this, the con will already be happening. So I hope you have already looked me up. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, yeah. Um, other than that, uh, I've been... Um, playing still a lot of uh, Horizon Forbidden West. It is still fabulous. And I have just downloaded Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, which I'm very excited to dive into, but I haven't had a chance to try it yet. I've only heard very good things. Awesome. Uh, Rowan, go! Um, So I've been up to a few things in the last week. Um, I received a bunch of uh, or week or so, I guess. I received a bunch of things that I kickstarted. I've received my copy of Artifact and uh, Bucket of Bolts. I oh gotten... yeah, I got those too. It's very exciting. Yes, I haven't gotten. A and chance then we to... immediately packed them because we're moving. But still, right. Uh, I haven't gotten a chance to 
do Bucket of Bolts yet because um, I'm in my final term of school and trying to graduate with decent grades. Hey, um, Rowan, for people who don't know what those are, what are they? What 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 is... What is Bucket of Bolts and and Artifact? Oh, Artifact and Bucket of Bolts are two solo uh, RPGs put out by Mousehole Press. Uh, The idea behind Artifact is uh, tell the story of a magical artifact, its creators Mm. and then its various bearers over time and the long stretches of time in between when it is lost or set down and then found and picked up again. Uh, Mm. Bucket of Bucket of Bolts is a similar kind of thing, except instead of a magical artifact, it's a spaceship. So it's all about the various crews that pilot and oh, use cool. the ship for various things. Uh, and all it is uh, a very to. good thing to use if you are building the history of a starship for, say, like a Star Wars RPG. Uh, would heavily, heavily recommend. Yeah. So I got that. Those are very cool. and I'm looking forward okay. to getting into them. Uh, I received my copy of the Technocracy Reloaded, which I've already read in PDF form. Can show show them on the camera what it looks like. It's amazing. This uh, this is going to work great for the podcasting audience. Uh, since this is not a visual medium, I don't Ooh, expect. I see the I... shiny. Whoa. Oh, it's a silver logo on a black book. The logo yeah. is kind of Ouroborosy in that it folds in on itself. Or Mobius uh, strip-like. Morbius stri- Mobius strip-like. Not Morbius w- strip-like. Oh, no. did everyone remember to watch Morbius for this week? No. <laughs> <laughs> Neither did I. Very cool. Black and silver. Uh, Looks I put, gorgeous. I, I put the name of a character that I was playing in a game with Jairus into the book so that According to the official canon, that character is definitely in the technocracy and probably not in awesome. Sandy. Um, <laughs> nice. Um, nice. And in terms of what I've actually been playing this week, I or in the last couple of weeks, Tiny Tina's Wonderland came out. Oh, I'm so excited for that too. Yeah, so uh, I played through the story in about a week. <laughs> wow. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. I I really enjoyed. Um, the changes in the formula that they made and how uh, customizable your character stuff is. Uh, I really, really like how they replaced grenades with spells. Uh, yeah, I heard that's much. it's much more fun and varied gameplay. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. for sure, for sure. Even if most of the time... Uh, well, I chose the class that's all about getting crits in order to do spells that crit, that make your guns do more stuff. Um, I basically just pull meteors out of the sky and shoot until I can meteor again and then shoot until I can meteor again. And it's <laughs> sounds oh, pretty it's delightful. meaty. <laughs> no, I wanted you to make the dinosaurs a little meteor. Yeah. A meteor. meteor? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Turns out dinosaurs were actually pretty meaty. Yeah. Yeah. The, my, the paleontology group of men on Facebook has been sharing uh, nonstop Beefy pictures of dinosaurs. plump T-Rex because they think it's hilarious. Oh, that's of awesome. What? Plump T-Rex. <laughs> oh, that, I mean, that's their very arms cute. are already so little. <laughs> yep, and that's probably what they looked like. They probably weren't the lean, mean fighting machines we think of. They probably had sort Feathers. of more of a corgi body shape. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Stubby little this... arms, big dumpy, feathers. <laughs> this is definitely making in. I need a plush of a stumpy little 
corgi T-Rex. Like, stat. Um, oh my god. But we don't have a P.O. Ba- box, so you'll just have to take a picture of the one that you make and send it to us. Um, Sounds good. Sounds good. No, I mean you, our listenership. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's why I said sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. Because also, I don't need more stuff. I'm moving right now. Please no. Please no more uh, stuff. But yeah, Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Oh, I'm about oh, to go to a convention. I'm very sorry, my love. Just in advance, I'm very there's sorry. There's going to be more stuff. Yeah. You need to. Well, you're going to LA, so you can just yeah. leave it at the house. It's <laughs> actually what I intend to do. I plan on. I think I'm going to finish one of my books on the uh, the flight over. And uh, and so when I get to Los there. Angeles, I'm just going to leave it there. Yeah. Nice, wise, truly peak efficiency. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you're going to have to get a few more flights to get everything over. But oh god. <laughs> Well, let's see. It's like $300 to bring across, what, a backpack full of stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Man, the furniture is going to get hard. Um, cool. Anything else you want to For some about? reason, the bed's not going in the overhead compartment. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh. I promise, I promise, stewardess, I can get this. Just hold on. Um, yeah. yeah, no, Tiny Tina's Wonderland, a lot of fun. Um because the game is so new, uh, not everything is as balanced as it could be. Shotguns and uh, sniper rifles tend to be some of my favorite guns to use in games. And right now they are pitifully underpowered to the point mm. where you're better off just using an SMG or assault rifle or even pistol most of the time for the game. So oh, hopefully man. that is a thing that they will adjust. But all of the classes are cool in their own individual ways. And you get to multi-class because, of course, this is D&D. Um, so the one that I did was I, I did the super spell shooty boy and then the warlock kid for even more magical fun time. So when I get kills, <laughs> I get increased cooldown on my spells so I can spell more. And then Ooh. also when things die, a little Hydra buddy pops up and spits at things. And <sighs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. Check it out. Definitely. I'm excited too. Nice. Mailing, go! Um, so mostly been in the throes of packing, but Mike introduced me to a very fun mode on um, uh, Y2- WWE 2K22. Thank you. I was like, it's the wrestling one that comes out every year. But um, so we John are- Madden's Worldwide Wrestling 2022. Pretty much. Pretty Although they much. had to take a year off because the last one they put out in 2020 was so bad that they were like, we need to retool our entire system. And yeah. it worked. They made a very fun game. Yeah, so we've been playing uh, the My General Manager mode, where basically we get to book shows, and the first uh, round that we played, I completely crushed, and it felt very validating to know that my ideas that I've had for wrestling shows of how I can make it better are actually valid. (laughs) But yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Right now, Mike is... um, number one in the ratings but you won't be I'm for not, long yeah i'm not crushing i'm only like seven thousand fans ahead yeah well so. at one point i was a hundred thousand fans ahead of you i have and closed you that gap surprise. and i'm very proud of that yeah you you should be but like I, i'm just oh so we're, we're five weeks away from wrestlemania and so um i'm very very excited but it's been a lot of fun um because I suck at fighting games, and in this one, it's just a simulator. It's All like you're an doing is, yeah. Well, and you don't even have to watch the battles. 
you just like you can look. choose to play them if you want, and you can yeah. choose to watch them if you want. We had a thing about where we were going to watch our um, uh, main events of our pay per views, which we've mostly forgotten to do. But the one match we watched was very fun. Yeah, well, because it's like what we'll do is we'll when we have like five minutes or something like that, we'll like book a week or something. So you book your matches. You have different types of matches. You could do solo or tag team. And then you can make them normal tables, extreme rules, tables, ladders, and chairs, or hell in a cell. And um, you have to, like, manage the stamina level as well as the popularity level. You have to build rivalries. You have to make sure that people don't get injured. You can also um, play power cards on the other player that makes – that either, like, benches their champion or makes things cost more. Um and it's just it's a very it's a very it's a PvP game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it it's it's super fun. So definitely enjoying that. Um and then uh in my book corner, I finally finished the third book in the Lunar Chronicles. So um I forget her name, the author's name. I'm so, uh, Melissa Meyer, I think. She wrote Cinder, which is Cinderella told in a sci-fi world. Um, and basically, there's the Earth faction and then the Lunar faction. And... Mm. Cinder is just a lowly mechanic who happens to be part cyborg. And of course it turns out that there's so much more. um, And like her shoe that she drops is actually her entire leg. Like (laughs) she drops her entire leg on the steps of the palace at the ball. But that's the first book. The second book focuses on um, little red riding hood but she's called Scarlet, and um, her Perfect. main beau is Wolf, who is a lunar um, soldier that they have been like imbued with the powers of the wolf, and they're like these hyper like militaristic. They aren't werewolves, but they just oh. have characteristics of the wolf, and um, through like genetic stuff or yeah magic? so they've been genetically altered so there's a lot of cybernetics there's also a lot of genetics and high politics but i mean like this is so like beach reading it's not <laughs> it's it's not like game of thrones politics it's it's like he's an emperor she's a queen and she's evil um you know but like because she's preventing you from being with him the emperor Yes, precisely. Um, But, like, there's also, like, more kind of going on. Um, And then the third book, which I just finished, is called Cress, and it's focused on Rapunzel. And Rapunzel actually was caught or had to stay in a space station. So that's kind of her tower, her isolation. Mm -hmm. And she has to get rescued through them. And so she's done a really good job having elements of the fairy tales i will say they are a little bit more like disney based of the fairy tales Uh, than like original grim brother based um but i will say cress's uh cress's interest love interest is named captain thorn 
And if you guys know the Rapunzel story, you can guess how that goes. Um, So, yeah, like, literally, I did put it together until he lost his until he lost his sight and i was like oh thorn like the thorns that oh okay (coughs) wow um but pretty enjoyable uh it's it's a fun romp through um this political struggle that's happening and um yeah the the only thing i don't like about it is that there's just a lot of couples <laughs> like everyone's being kind of coupled off and, and it's more like they're focusing on the coupling instead of the like big world ending trauma that's going to happen. The oh. next book is called fairest. And I'm wondering if it's going to deal more with the queen. And um, we have been introduced to the hunter from snow white and he actually saved the snow white character from the queen and and so there's some stuff going on there but she's also like 12 years old and crazy she is the snow white character is the snow white character is absolutely crazy so um but we don't know if that's something that she's putting on to protect herself or not. But yeah, so it's fun. Highly recommend the Lunar Chronicles if you want like a fun YA sci-fi, not dystopian, um, but political intrigue type thing. But very sounds YA. very like cyberpunk politics. Yeah, but like even easier. Cyberpunk like, fairy tale romance politics. Yes. So the politics are more like high school rather than yeah. Yeah, except like in the in the third book, like it got pretty dark when you, when the doctor who did all the genetic testing and who kind of like was the forefront of the cyber um, cybernetic revolution sort of thing and like I'm really glad you clarified that and didn't say cyber revolution because my my brain that grew up on the internet in the 90s would have interpreted that very differently <laughs> true true um, his 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 story got got really dark and um, it involved the fact that the Lunar Queen was taking babies that showed a specific skill and Mm -hmm. murdering them. Like, Uh you... Like, Cress's mother literally looked at her and went, ugh, take it away. Um, And so it just, it was kind of, like, shocking. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. There, There are pretty dark elements, but it's still relatively cut and dry of who's evil who's good if that makes sure. sense yeah okay. no it does yeah speaking of uh sci-fi reinterpretations of disney princess movies how rory thorne destroyed the multiverse is uh basically taking going off of the basis of sleeping beauty except what if the mom actually intentionally invited maleficent because that's what the rules say you're supposed to do and maleficent <laughs> was like oh 
okay, I wasn't expecting to be invited, but now that I'm here, I'm going to leave my mark. And I'm going to prepare this child with what they really need. Interesting. I really like that. Oh, I like that idea. What's it called? How Rory Thorne Destroyed the Multiverse. Nice. Okay. I'll look it up because that sounds super fun. I, I love like retelling fairy tales and like reimagining reinterpretation yeah. <clears throat> so so i'm yeah. digging it but cool. i have to wait for my next audible credit for the next one so <laughs> i have to wait until the 10th oh it's <sighs> oh, so long i know that time that yeah. calculus so uh i have um I've been getting further along in the way of Kings. I'm getting way more Shallan story and I love it. Um, Also the way, hold on. (laughs) The way Brandon Sanderson talks about fantasy scholarship in this book is so very interesting. (laughs) I can't wait to get into even deeper of what this research quest is going to bring mm. oh my goodness um what yeah you... i'm enjoying it yesna is a very cool character and she's one of my favorite characters yes. in multiple books excellent um beyond that uh while i was on the airplane i saw tenant which is very good um it is very mind fucky in the way that um uh inception was except it uses a different gimmick it's hard to tell how well it uses the gimmick, but for the purposes of a movie, it makes the movie very interesting and well told. I really nice. like Tenet. Um, it also is unusual for a spy film to critique the entire Cold War and the basis of nuclear weaponry. I thought that was very cool. How one of the major things is uh, this is bad, and the fact that people like our character exists are also bad. Mm <laughs> Um, yeah, but, um, a lot of it is subtle critique on the current state of nuclear weapons in the world. Mm. Um, however, what I've really been getting into is our flag means death and it is really goddamn funny and very heartfelt and touching and very like emotionally interesting. And I'm on episode three and I'm enjoying every minute of it. It's very good. Um. Yeah, I I don't want to give away too much, but I really like it, and I can't wait for more. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much me. And nice. That, I'm and so that sorry. Like all of us. As you were talking, one mm. of our cats came into the office and dug into a partially open Amazon box, went in, came out, and had a strip of that Amazon Prime tape. On its head. Oh God! How Amazon quickly. owns your cat now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. You and have then, to perform a banishment ritual. Well, luckily he got, he got it Bezos off himself, but coming. it was just so funny because he was just like, "What's in here?" <laughs> and then he's gone. You make it but. sound like a cartoon where, like, a small animal enters a picnic basket and in a single second comes out and is just like bedecked with a string of sausages. All of us know, all of us have lived with cats. All of us know that living with cats is quite like a cartoon many times. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of cat too. cartoons, 
if y'all mm. like cat cartoons, you need to check out Chi Sweet Home. It's a mm. little manga about a little gray striped kitty. Oh, yeah. And it, it is... has an anime adaptation now, yeah. I know. And honestly, I haven't read the last book because I just don't want it to end. And yeah. like it kind of got to like an intense part. But like there's this one um frame where she gets some tape stuck to her. Yes. And she like lays havoc to the office and she manages to get the tape off of her and then she's looking feeling so satisfied she's like they'll never know it was me and you see the dad holding tape and there's like hair on the tape going "Mm, (laughs) i wonder who this could have been (laughs) it's so good but cheese sweet home oh I should check out the anime though, but yeah, like okay. I still have to read the last book. I've just held off on it because I'm like, I don't want it to end. So it has been like 15 years though since you started reading them. I know. It's all nothing wrong with that. Taken to beat Spider-Man. I, I'm working on it. I got farther in Breath of the Wild. So that's because that you have until you know what midnight. I would love more than that. <laughs> pictures of spider-man <laughs> are you no, see that's the thing them? that's the thing we don't we don't want much jerris we just want pictures pictures of you beating spider-man <laughs> I, uh, uh, but yes we are moving mid-may and we want our ps4 back yes you will get it you will definitely get it um okay shipped um, you in a box sorry what? no i wouldn't do that i hate sending things by mail it's a little rigmarole <laughs> if i write the address incorrectly it's all fucked uh, mike how do they contact you uh if they want to find more about the ace of geeks we're on twitter at ace of geeks we're on facebook at facebook.com slash the ace of geeks uh and uh, you should go to ace of geeks.net you can find all kinds of cool stuff there including our second podcast uh yavin radio which is a story-based star wars podcast uh improvised interview show star wars podcast uh about two of the um let's say less involved with the story characters in the rebel alliance uh who are just positively tertiary yeah uh who are just trying to make it in the universe and do some good uh and it's very it's very funny and all four of us are in it at various times uh so you should tune in it's great yes um and by at various times, I mean, like, Melee and Jairus and I are in every episode, and Rowan is in almost every episode. No, <laughs> it's only, like, a third. But that's because it's so good. It's great. Yeah, that was one to rest. Rowan's yeah. uh, music is definitely in all of them. Yes. Okay, that part's true. Yes. Um, cool. What about if they want to yeah. send us um, an email? If they want to email us, please do email us. We loved hearing from you guys during the early days of this podcast. We got one fan letter for Yavin Radio, and it made my entire like year. Yeah. So please, please, if you're listening to the show, please email us. Please, I'm begging you. Open your phone right now. Just email us and say the word hi. We just want to know you exist. Um, and if you like the show, the other thing you could do for us is go on to your favorite uh, podcasting podcast. service, wherever you mm-hmm. listen to this. Uh, and leave us a review uh, and really really please do that because the more reviews we get uh, the more people listen to the show and we love the audience we have we love you guys but we do have a very consistent very small audience that I would like to grow into a larger audience you can't if you enjoy this thing and you think other people might also enjoy it tell people that we exist and then invite them to listen that's right 
uh, just uh, steal their phone and subscribe to our podcast on their phone while they're not expecting it. Meowth, that's right. <laughs> uh, but Jared, if they want to email us, how do they do that? A C E G. Oh God! Really? Really? Uh, really? Hold really? on. I thought about you go to Europe for a little while, and it all goes to pot. I see how it is. I no. You've been I just... doing so well. I, I thought about Oscar Isaac without his shirt for a second. And I oh, uh, that's, <laughs> that's fair. fair. That's, that's fair. absolutely one hundred percent fair. A C O F G E E K S P O D C A S C I N G at Gmail dot com. That's Ace of Geeks Podcasting at Gmail dot com. Uh, my name is Mike Oscar now you're going to have to write a full version of that song to put at the end. Oh, of the God, no, Good please, job. no. <laughs> um, uh, my name is Mike Fadum. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Vengeance God, on Instagram at Broken Infinity Films, and on TikTok at Vengeance God 2. Please uh, follow me in all the places. I want to know that you exist and like me. I need your validation so that I can continue to exist uh, in my fragile mental state. Uh and uh, please do check out the League of Swords. Uh, we are sort of on hiatus right now. We had an amazing season zero, but I'm moving to Los Angeles, which means I'm moving away from the entire cast that I spent a year building up. Uh, so we are most likely going to uh, start Reach. over and start bigger. My plan now is that uh, since WrestleMania will be in Los Angeles uh uh, in in uh, in a year, we are going to have a show WrestleMania weekend. I don't know where, how, or what yet, but it's going to happen. We're going to have a show WrestleMania weekend. You so can mark do your calendars. Um, and of course, lots of videos and hopefully some smaller shows in between. So, um, uh, yeah, Jarrett, so where can they find you? Um, you can find some of my uh, writings on magic and spirituality um, at firstchurchofthemorningstar.com. Um, I also demonstrated a ritual I wrote um, at the local Redwood City Unitarian Universalist, and there is now a YouTube video of that happening. So if you want to check out my magic, um, see if you can find that. Um, just e- Google my name, I guess. That's how I found it, honestly. You will never, Jaris, you just told them to Google your name. <laughs> Do you know how long we've been friends and how recently I've got consistently good at spelling your last name? <laughs> okay, sorry. Let me spell that out for you. That's Jake S O U L exclamation mark. That was perfect. No notes. <laughs> Uh, Batman symbol. Uh, <laughs> Batman symbol. You know that S that everyone drew in sixth grade? Yeah. Just like a the, couple of those. The the only T in my name is the very last letter of my middle name, and there's no H in it, but I still somehow have a thorn because I'm non-binary. It's required. Um, uh, Jairus, just to just to clarify very quickly, the ritual that there's a video of you doing on YouTube is that the same one that summoned a bird? Yes, that is the same one that summoned a bird. You summoned you a bird. See the, um, you, did, I, you did Bernie Sanders magic. I well, it didn't like land on the podium, but it landed on the table behind us and watched the whole ceremony and then flew away when we were done. Um, I got recognized at uh, a grocery store today by someone who saw that. It was kind of weird that I got recognized for doing magic, but I'm going to run with it. That's pretty cool. That means you've made it. I I guess. Um, I guess. 
it's a ritual about um, reconciliation with the parts of yourself um, that you might be ashamed of or might be messy, like your panda. Um, so if you're interested in that kind of magic. Uh, panda begs out. to differ. <laughs> I am definitely going to uh, publish that ritual eventually. Um, mm-hmm. I'm working on it. Also, I love yes. how the mom's panda got trapped in the Tamagotchi. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, and, was... and now she just and now she just loves it and mothers it. Yeah. She takes mm-hmm. care of it. She's that does show that her. That yeah. You know, that's a detail we didn't really go over, but yeah, she definitely had an arc there. Mailing, where can they find you? Um, you can find me on TikTok at MLKitty1875. Um, I don't really post a lot of videos. I mostly lurk, but if you have an awesome cat video, I'm here for it. Um, so, and you can also find me on Goodreads. Uh, it's just my name. And, um, yeah, I was totally going to post reviews of books I've read and I'm sorry, I've just read, read them too fast and I'm busy. So, mm-hmm. uh, maybe I'll update that. I don't know. We'll see. Barely surviving. Uh, so Rowan, <laughs> where can they find you? Uh, so down in the show notes of this episode, there should be a SoundCloud link to some music that I've been making over the course of this pandemic. Um, this is the second such playlist that I've made. Uh, I don't, if you want to listen to the previous stuff that I made, go listen to a previous episode, please drive up our numbers. Um, and if you like what you hear and you decide that you want to tell me to make more music using your money rather than just, you know, I don't know, sending us a polite email about it. Uh, but you, can, I do yeah, have... you can definitely also email us to tell us how much you like Rowan's music. We would or yes, don't. Yes. Rowan's please music do. Awesome. I need feedback to grow as an artist someone please tell me how i'm doing anyway and uh, the doing best awesome constructive work. criticism comes in the form of currency yes <laughs> so if you want to tell me what a bad job i'm doing with my music you can send me money at coffee.com that's ko-fi.com slash celebrial s-a-l-e-i-b r-i-e-l it's a little online tip jar throw like three dollars in there and earn my undying appreciation even if that three dollars in there throw six dollars in there throw 27 dollars in there throw three hundred dollars in there really it's up to you i tell you what if you throw ninety thousand dollars in there i will thank you for the gratuitous donation and paying for an entire master's program worth of education (laughs) Yeah, if you're listening that... to this podcast and you have $90,000 to throw away, can we talk? <laughs> we could definitely help you spend it. Yes, yeah. Mike Mike has a sword-based program. You might be I interested in I would pay for producing. your grad school before I paid for my sword-based program, but I appreciate the shout-out. <laughs> Get you a friend who is willing to share their skills. Catch you a friend who is willing to share their ninety thousand dollars. I mean, that's easy. We just find someone who works in IT. Anyway, we've been the Ace of Geeks. Thank you so much for listening. And if you work in IT, um, I if you've listened to our show for long, you know we're on your side, fellow furries. Oh wait, now no, I'm not a furry. <laughs> but I. <laughs> I mean, really, Jerris, you kind of are a furry. I'm, I can't You're get into everything I like right now. I'm a, a robot. I'm a robot.
a gear. Uh, <laughs> thanks, everybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, anyway, we're going to end the episode the way we always do. <gasps> Hello, welcome to the HD Podcast. Look, I'm, I'm surrounded by so many bats right now. I can only do so much. <laughs> that was an Ace of Geeks podcast. Hello and welcome. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.